Hello, business builders. Welcome to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we interview founders of America's fastest growing companies. Our mission is to arm you with the tools and the confidence to scale your own venture. So to that end, every now and then, we gladly welcome a non-founder leader, thinker, or influencer to help you do just that. I'm Drew McClure. My co-host is Jordan Mitchell, and we hope you enjoy this episode. All right, friends, our guest today is Bono Ansley, founder of Ansley Atlanta Real Estate, Inc. number 584. Bono is an extremely prolific figure in real estate today and in such a way that it's hard to really know where to start. He's the youngest agent in Georgia to reach $1 billion in sales and is recognized as one of the top-selling agents in Georgia for the last decade. In addition to his financial success, he's been recognized as 2018 Entrepreneur of the Year by Buckhead Business Association. 2013 Outstanding Rookie of the Year by Who's Who in Luxury Real Estate and many, many more. What's interesting is that from all of his rapid success, you might be tempted to imagine that Bono is a stranger to adversity, and you would be wrong. Bono and his wife, Jen, lost everything they had twice. First, as their newly built home erupted into flames in the early 2000s, and second, as Bono's development company bottomed out in the wake of the financial crisis in 2009. That same year, he dove into real estate as the top agent in the metro area his first year on the job and developed Ansley Atlanta six years later in 2015. He bet on himself, and it certainly paid off. Ansley Atlanta hit the Inc. 5,000 three years later in 2018 with the philosophy of be bold, be consistent, and be everywhere. Bono puts a ton of effort into developing his agents. Ansley finds their agents by invitation only, and he operates on the largest staff-to-client ratio so that agents are free to do what they do best, build relationships, and sell real estate. It's a pleasure to have the funniest man in real estate on the show. Please welcome Bono Ansley. Oh, it's great to be on, guys. Excited to be talking with you all this afternoon. Yes. Now tell me, did that creep you out a little bit, the amount of information we already know about you? No, that's great. Uh, fantastic. I love it. Uh, so in our in our deep dive we love to do a deep dive on our on our guests um we got to watch your uh youtube clip of your stand-up act uh at the real estate event uh funniest real funniest realtor i don't I can't remember what it was called yeah yeah a funniest realtor in atlanta competition and, and somebody put me up to that and uh you know one thing that i preach is um you know getting uncomfortable and doing things that you're you know not accustomed to doing, get outside of your comfort zone, et cetera. And being on stage and, and, and being funny and telling jokes and um, was definitely uncomfortable for me. And I'm, I'm super glad that I did it. And, um, you know, hearing people laugh, um, you know, was, was, was great. I didn't know if they were going to laugh or not. But anyway, it, it, it turned out to be a, a, a pretty great event. Oh, my gosh. Well, talk about being uncomfortable. That is possibly the pinnacle of discomfort is stand-up yeah. comedy. Like, there's public speaking, and then that's already in the top category of discomfort, and then you narrow it down to the small niche of comedy. It is, we did that for a friend's birthday. He, he, his, his one request was, all of our friends, we've been friends forever, was that we had to come and do a five-minute stand-up routine in front of the whole party. It, I've been public speaking for over a decade, I literally couldn't sleep the night before. I was so nervous. Yeah. And you were actually good. 
That's the thing. You were actually good. Well, I've always been make, making people laugh, even even when I was, you know, growing up, you know, in elementary school. I, I wasn't a very good student, but I was pretty good being the class clown. So uh, yeah. uh, I had a lot of experience. Well, let's get this. Let me put you on your toes, because one of my favorite jokes you made was actually about your own name right at the beginning. Do you remember uh, some of the punchlines that you that you made about that? Uh, maybe. Yeah. But no, um, that's right. Yeah. Sounds like I should be wearing an ascot, right? Yes. <laughs> you said, uh, it, you, I imagine I came out of my mother's womb wearing an ascot and a top hat. <laughs> right, right. That's right. Latest. <laughs> a slightly more pretentious version of Bono. Uh, brilliant, brilliant. So where, yeah, where does that name come from? And, and doing our research on you, you have a very rich family history here in Atlanta. We do. Um, I'm the Bono the third. I've got a 11 year old right now who's Bono the fourth, and mm. uh, Bono Senior was born in Bono, South Carolina, uh, probably 98 years ago or so. I think he was born in 1904. Um, so uh, actually, he'd be 118 years old today. But in, anyway, yeah. So um, that's where the name comes from, and uh, I don't know many other Bonos. Um, and it's 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 cool having a different name. Um, it's because people, people remember it. Yeah, I love that. Well, let's dive into the, to the real estate story because I, I know that you, your family has some history in that as well. But where I'd love to start uh, is just in your mind, what series of events led you, um, maybe directly, I know there's probably a million indirect things that led you into doing what you're doing now, but up to, to stepping into real estate full-time and then eventually starting the group that you run now, what were the series of events that led you into that? Well, my, my family's been in real estate, you know, uh, for generations, right? Developing a lot of Atlanta. Uh, my father was a home builder in, in Atlanta, Georgia, and all over Georgia. So it was kind of ingrained in my blood. And I went to University of Georgia, and I majored in real estate. And mm -hmm. uh, I got my real estate license while I was in college. I built my first house my junior year of college um, as a spec home and sold it, made, 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 made some quick cash. And um, I kind of caught the bug then and uh, really hadn't looked back. I mean, I've, I've, um, I've, I've invested in and I'm a partner in a lot of different ventures outside of real estate, but real estate has always been my core. Mm -hmm. And um, I've done every aspect of it from uh, selling residentially to developing residentially to um, selling commercial pieces of property, uh, doing investment sales and, um, and, and really everything in, in between. Okay. So in, in 2009, it sounds like the, the hit you took from that, that financial, uh, crisis that the whole country had, you were in, was it commercial real estate at the time? Yeah, no, I wanted to be a big time developer, uh, at that time. And, um, I, I came off some success early on uh, building a uh, hundred houses or so all over a million bucks and selling and making great profit and um, moved to Atlanta after my house fire, which you mentioned earlier on and kind of wanted a fresh start. And um, I partnered with um, a big developer um, in, uh, Atlanta, in the Atlanta area. And I was the uh, some equity behind the deal and was going to run the deal from a construction and then from a sales standpoint. And it was a phenomenal project. I mean, no matter what we did or, or, or could have done differently, no, nothing was going to stand, 
the test financially from what we incurred in 2009. And, um, and we had, you know, pretty much 80% of the units sold and then the, the crisis hit, nobody came to closing hmm. and we we're left with a great $70 million project with, without many buyers. Hmm. So uh, that took a, a different spin, which was, you know, looking back, it was an obstacle that uh, put me in the direction that, that I'm currently doing, um, and that's more sales and less um, development. And um, that's been a great place for me, you know, over the last decade. And um, you know, sold a lot of real estate since then, and um, built a great company. And um, and uh, I would have had it any other way, frankly. Right. Well, and that's what I want to ask about that because I don't know if I've talked to a founder that before the thing they have now that is growing and succeeding and sustaining, they didn't have things before that, that whether fault of their own or, or almost freak, freak accident, like, you know, no one could see this coming, um, had some kind of failure or had some kind of at least uh, the detour. Um, and so what they seem to have in common, you included, which is why I'm asking, is some ability to keep going. And so I want to just know what that was like for you even psychologically when you built that entire development deal and you had everybody there and then you get hit with the, the financial crisis, no one shows up, you're left holding the bill and watching that. Like, what was that like for you? How hard was it to, to get your head back in the game? How long did it take you out? I just, I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah, look, um, I think entrepreneurs are wired maybe a little bit differently. My, my head was never out of the game. You know, I never got into a hole. I never was depressed. You know, I kept putting one foot in front of the other and um, just trying to fight, just trying to be creative to figure out different ways to get out of the mess or, or, or sell the property or um, whatever the case may be. And um, that's what entrepreneurs do. And mm. um, I, I, I uh, you know, got into real estate, selling real estate in 2009. And there wasn't many people that were selling, there was a lot of people in the business, but there's not a lot of people selling real estate at that time. And um, I knew that if I got into that business, I was going to take a different approach um, than what was kind of maybe the norm. And, um, you know, I've been able to double my business every single year personally since I started it in 2009. And, you know, to do that, you have the mindset of every year somebody's going to come catch you and every year, you know, something might change where you might, you know, start back over. So right. I started every year over. All right. So let's say I have a great year. January 1st comes around. I said, what am I going to do differently to continue to double my business? And you really have to change your whole business practices. You have to change your habits to make sure that they're on par with what you want to do that year, you know? Mm. And, um, and then you do it again and then you do it again. I mean, look, it's no different than somebody like Nick Saban. He wins a national championship for college football. Most of his great players leave to the NFL. He does such a good job with his coaches, bringing them up in the system. They get recruited off. So he's starting every year also from scratch. And he's got to do right. different things every single year that uh, might be different personalities of the people that he's coaching that are new, the freshmen mm -hmm. that are coming in or whatever the case may be. And he's got to start over. I'm not comparing myself to Nick Saban by any, by any, by any you know, way, shape, or form. But what I'm getting at is, is to continue to have continual success, you have to continue to radically change what you're doing year after year. Right. Now, I would have preferred uh, you reference Dabo Sweeney instead yeah. of 
uh, instead of Nick Saban, but we'll forgive you on that one. Well, you, you know, um, I'm a dogs fan, so I should be using Kirby Smart anyway. That's right. Uh, by the way, I, he'll get there. You know, no, no question about it. Yeah, uh, he'll get there. One of the things you mentioned was around habits. Uh, what were some of the habit upgrades that you found on the personal side that you did as you kind of asked yourself the question, how do I double my business this next year? What were some of the habits that you had that you started to upgrade either personal or business habits? What were some of those secrets? Well, I think every year were different habits, but the underlying result is if you are going to make a significant impact in anything that you're doing relative to, to business or sports or whatever, you really have to be obsessed with what you're doing. And in real estate, when I was jumping into business in 2009, I made sure everybody in the world knew that I was in real estate and I was selling houses no matter where I was. I'd go park my car um, with the valet to go to dinner and I'd make sure I'd give him a hundred dollars and say, Hey, the next 10 expensive cars you put in my, uh, business newsletter in my card in the, in the passenger seat. You know, when I go into the restaurant, I'd make sure um, that whoever I was sitting next to um, that I made a connection with them. And by the end knew that I was a real estate agent now. And, and you know, you have to dive into whatever you're doing. And I made sure that if I was going to sell real estate, that I was going to make sure that everybody knew about it. Come on. Now that sounds exactly like uh, one of your three tenets of be bold, be consistent. That's be everywhere. Is this where, did these three things come out of your personal experience when you were just a solo real estate agent trying to, you know, get your, your, your clients? Uh, is that what developed for you, that philosophy? Well, I think there's over 17,000 real estate agents in Atlanta, right? And, um, you know, to take uh, and to try to sell more than any of those other agents, you've got to be bold. <laughs> you know, you, you, you got to be everywhere, right? You got to do things that other people aren't doing. I mean, I, Remember that, um, you know, people would say, God, I got another postcard from Bono. Why are his postcards bigger than everybody else? Why does he send me postcards all the time? You know, what's this guy trying to prove? Mm. Well, I'm trying to prove that uh, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And, um, you know, I had to outperform and outwork and outmarket every single other of the 17,000 agents in Atlanta to get where I'm, where, where I am now. And, um, and to have the respect to, 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 to start a business Mm. Um, with my peers and to, uh, you know, try to teach them some habits that I've used. And I tell you, many, many, many of the agents that come and join us in Ansley, Atlanta, they increase their business by sometimes 50%, sometimes 100% their next year because wow. they just start doing things differently, right? The abnormal becomes normal mm. and they start getting into, you know, being around other high producing agents and other people that are striving to do better and do more. And, um, when you were, when you're around that mentality, you know, it's like a state championship football team or whatever, you know, the, everything's clicking relative to the culture that we've created. And, um, that's why we've been able to grow. And we're in our fifth year now with Ansley Atlanta from you know, one or two agents to over 250 agents and, you know, less than five years, you know, and, uh, but, 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 but you don't, do that because you, you do that through culture. You do that through um, this winning attitude um, where everybody's coming here for a certain reason because they want to be around other people that, you know, aren't whining, aren't trying to figure out excuses on why 
their business is the same or why so-and-so got the listing and they didn't, right? We, yeah. try to, we, 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 we ingrain this winning culture of, um, of, of, of really doing things differently and doing things really, really well. Yeah. yeah. Let me All ask you that. this. Go ahead, Drew. You, the things that, so the be bold, be consistent, be everywhere that we're talking about, you really could apply to any business you're trying to start, especially from scratch and grow. Those are three things that I would tell any business uh, as a, we're executive coaches. So we work with entrepreneurs, businesses all the time and their talent optimization. And those would be three things I could use for any of my clients right now. Uh, but what I run up with, and I'm wondering what you do when you, when you, let's say you have a real, real estate agent working with you. Well, let's just say you're at dinner with one and they have the problem with the be bold and be everywhere. And it's an emotional problem, right? They feel weird putting themselves out there or might get caught up in their head about, uh, you know, I, it's going to, how am I going to look if, if they're going to think I'm, you know what I'm talking about. You make all those excuses in your head and there's a discomfort with being bold and being everywhere. How would you help them navigate that to maybe find the freedom uh, to do what you've done pretty naturally? Well, it, 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 it's, I'm a natural extrovert, right? I'm, I'm totally fine being the center of attention. I actually, you know, uh, that's where I'm most natural, you know, when I uh, go into a room or when I'm, when I'm somewhere. And um, it's hard to find somebody maybe with, without that uh, skill set or, 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 you know, that way of being, you know, to go and be everywhere, right? And, and again, that's something that you can train yourself. And, you know, if you're going to be in the business of selling real estate, you know, you've, you, you, you've got to go for it, right? There, it's, a, yeah. hey, it's really competitive being a real estate agent. I mean, it, yes. it really, really, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, fairly easy to get a license. So there's a lot of real estate agents out there, right? And being able to navigate with, you know, somebody that's going to do it for cheaper, a discount broker, right? And, and, and being able to go against other really, really good agents, you know, um, that, uh, you know, are, are full commission agents like myself. I don't discount my service at all because we're worth it. And we provide yeah. that, um, you know, that level of, of, of service that you would expect. Yes. Yeah. This is uh, talent selection has come up in my head a few times for you. And when you were mentioning, Hey, uh, an agent joins our team and their business, like it's just uh, oftentimes their business is growing 50%, 100% from what it was. Culture is what you talked about on your end that you're a steward of. And get, I guess the question in my head was, Hey, out of those 70, 17,000 agents in Atlanta, do you think you could bring in literally any of them or are there some things that you actually look for? Or like, actually these are like the investments that I like to buy low because I can see that they're about to skyrocket. I can see that that investment in them uh, is, is about to take off. Like how do you identify that talent or is it literally like, nah, it's just personal selection. We know that it's going to happen. How does it kind of work for, for you guys? No. So, you know, we, we really want, uh, we've got a minimum standard of folks that we 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 take in, um, but it's it's more fitting our culture. If you fit our culture, you're you're, you're going to perform wonderfully. Um, I, I think just as much of of hiring the right people is is not hiring the right people. We've we've turned down um, you know scores and scores of people that have great production, and so um, that's not everything to us by any means, right? Because because one bad attitude can, can spoil a bunch. Um, but we, uh, 
No, I mean, look, I, I'm on the front line. I'm still selling real estate as well, and I still sell a lot of real estate. So I'm able to go and uh, work with a, a ton of different agencies. I'm selling my houses every single year. And the ones that really impress me, you know, I, uh, I like to learn more about them and, uh, and, and, and they like to learn more about us. And sometimes that's a, a great way for recruiting agents. Mm. Yeah, do you have some uh, definition even around culture, culture fit, or is it more a feel and instinct? Or do you have some things where this is actually what we say that the culture is? Well, I mean, culture for us is giving a warm smile, you know, having a welcoming voicemail. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's your first impressions. I mean, it's, um, it's being courteous. It's doing the right thing. I mean, you know, those are things that obviously we, we, we look for, um, you know, all, our culture at Ansley is, is a very collaborative one. I mean, you know, you walk down the halls and you have agents, other agents asking other agents how, how they can help them. You know, you, you, you're having the, the staff asking, um, our agents, how, how, how can we help you and, 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 and vice versa, you know, um, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's amazing to see that kind of, um, and, and we're, you know, our company's built around generosity. I mean, we, we donate a portion of every single sale that comes through Ansley to the children's healthcare of Atlanta. And, uh, we've, um, we're making a big difference, you know, uh, inside those walls and we give back time as well. Not, not only money to, uh, to that organization and, and just having that, you know, stronghold of, 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 of that in our culture is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things we talk about, um, with companies, especially earlier on is the amount of problems you can avoid by not hiring the wrong person, right? That most of those problems don't exist. If you have a players on your team, they just don't exist because those people figure it out, right. Or they don't make that mistake. And so it sounds like that's probably a competitive advantage that you guys have is your being very, um, not critical, but selective with who you're, who you're bringing on. Is that, is that part of it? Yeah, no, it? It is, but also, you know, I've got a lot of limitations on what I can do and being able to help somebody else and say, look, you know, um, you can do so much more, but to do that, I'd like to help you with your model. And, you know, you're spending 80% of your time doing these four tasks and you're not very good at these four tasks. You know, and you're really, really good at business and, and being in front of people. Let's figure out a way how we can backfill those four tasks with somebody to make you a superstar. You know, so you're mm. spending 100% of your time or 90% of your time with what you're really, really, really good at. And then you're focusing that 80% of the time that's making you not have fun at your job, making you not get home at six o'clock for dinner and, um, and, and backfill that with somebody that's really good at call it writing contracts or meeting the appraiser or meeting the photographer, all these things that anybody else can do and understanding how time management is, um, is, you know, is such a key factor in being a high producing person. Yeah. And being, but, but, but to do that, you got to understand what you're not good at. I'm not good at more things than the average person. I'm terrible at uh, just, uh, I'm dyslexic and all I'm all kinds of stuff. And, I don't put myself in a position in anything that I do that's going to take me twice as much time as somebody else that's really, really good at it. I'm not going to do that, that task. Right. 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 And I'm, I'm, I'm able to do that on, you know, 
you know, nine out of 10 things. And the one thing that I'm really, really good at, that's all I'm going to do. That's mm. all I'm going to do in life, in business. And everything else, I'm going to outsource to somebody that's really, really good in that. And that gives me, you know, an opportunity to have all 10s in a lot of different categories. Yes. Um, but you got to recognize those things. And then you yes. got to, and then you got to release control, which is another thing that I see agents have a hard time doing. And, um, you know, if you're going to scale in business in whatever you're doing, you can't do it on your own. You just can't, man. And, and, and you've got to um, leverage that control to these other people that do that category as a 10. Yes. And, um, and if you're able to do that and you're, and, and then you can actually pick the right people and yeah, it's a winning combination, you know? Yes. Oh man, you're preaching. You're preaching to the choir. We love this. This is, I can't tell you how many hours of conversations we have every week about this very same thing. One of the things we say often is most people have heard of the 80, 20 rule, but few people actually apply it. And it's like, yeah, everyone knows about it. But if you look at their calendar and their responsibilities and their commitments, you're not applying it. it. You're yeah. still just, you're just still just dispersing your time and talents. However they show up, usually the tyranny of the urgent demands what you're doing and what you're not versus leveraging your superpowers and delegating your weaknesses to somebody else's superpower. Right. Um, so for you, I, here's what, here's what I'm interested in. Cause you have the unique, you have the unique thing that I would, I would think of almost like a baker who also owns a bakery, right? So you're both a tactician as well as a business owner. Uh, what's clear to me or what I would guess your superpower in real estate actually as a real estate agent is your people skills, your ability to be likable, uh, to, to, uh, have an amazing client interaction with quality and make it fun. Uh, that to me is what I would guess your superpower is as a realtor. But what about being the owner of a real estate company, right? Being the, 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 as a business owner in a sense, what would you say your superpower is that you lean on most of the time while delegating the rest? As a company owner, I would think where I do well is, um, I'm genuine. Mm. I can look somebody in the eye and say, look, this whole company's behind you and really mean it, you know? And we don't have many people that leave once they join Ansley, you know, mm. they might get recruited and be offered all kinds of different splits and stuff to leave. They're not, you know, we, 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 we've ingrained this system where it's, it's so um, rewarding you know, being around other successful people, you know, and, um, you know, I'd say that I'm, um, they can look at me and say, look, if this little guy, five, seven, you know, balding hair, you know, can't read, you know, um, can do it, then I can do it. You know what I mean? And being vulnerable enough and out there enough to not only share the successes that I've had, I've gotten a lot of, I still have a lot of failures and being able to kind of share in sales meeting. Hey guys, let me tell you what happened earlier this week. You know, I did this, this, or this, and it was terrible, you know? Yeah. Um, and be relatable that way and, um, and understand a different way that I could have done something differently um, is real. And I think that's what people want. And I am on the front line, right? I, um, and I can run the company by being on the front line opposed to being, you know, some sort of bean counter or accountant, you know, that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's, you know, my first two years that we started Ansley, 
I didn't know how much money we were making. I didn't know how much money we were losing. It didn't matter to me. Only thing that mattered to me was I was servicing my clients. And, and what were my clients at the time and still are for Anzi is our agents. Yep. You know, so, 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 um, you know, as the leadership and executive, uh, you know, our, our staff at Anza, you know, we treat the, the agents as our clients and we just wanted to make sure that they had the toolbox they needed to go and be wildly successful. Mm. Well, now what's so cool about that is uh, it's impossible to know, but it's easy to imagine how different your business would be and probably how much smaller it would be if you hadn't understood from the beginning the importance of team. And if you went from being the leader of the pack, it sounds like your superpower is being the leader of the pack, that you lead by example, that you lead through genuine connection and by continuing to set the pace through your own, I actually sell real estate versus I used to and now I'm just up here collecting paychecks. Um, and how different that would be if you felt like I had to be the bean counter, as you put it. If I had to be in the office being employee facing all day, every day, it would have restricted your you know, different dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know what they're talking about when they're, you know, I, I know everything that they're going through as an agent. I know when they lose a deal, you know, what, what that feels like and how to get yeah. on the feet and Hey, that deal probably is going to come back around and um, you know, Hey, well, let's go after the next door neighbor. I mean, there, there's a lot of different kind of pivots that you have to go through. And, you know, I've been pivoting my whole life, you know, and um, that's just part of the growth. That's part of climbing the mountain, right? Whatever. Yeah. Mountain that is and wherever you're trying to go man there's no straight path to get there mm. you know there's a lot of curves right but where you grow is inside those curves you know mm. you don't grow just going down the road you know you grow with the obstacle you grow with the curves that's where you find out how strong you really are and that's how to really figure out um what your you know capabilities are wow yeah, there's a, there's a book written by a guy named Ryan Holiday. I don't know if you've heard of him or not, um, but he wrote a book called The Obstacle is the Way. And I didn't even have to read the book. The title was so good that I understood exactly what he was talking about. That the, just like you're talking about, the obstacle is the way. Like the way forward that you want to go is going to be through the obstacle, not around it, right? right. It's in, that's where it all gets formed and fashioned. What's interesting to me is you have an incredible amount of self-awareness. Uh, self-awareness around your strengths and weaknesses, self-awareness around uh, team versus individual. How did you cultivate that? Was that lessons taught to you by key mentors? Did you? Oh, you know, I, um, you know, there's, there, there's something that I didn't have much of growing up. That was IQ. And, 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 and I was judged by IQ, you know, for my first 20 years. And, and I couldn't fit in this box that people wanted to, you know, people like me to fit in, in school. Right. I just, I was an outside the box guy. Yeah. And it's not till I, you know, started learning outside the classroom is when I started to really develop into who I am today. And, um, I just learned about the term EQ, you know, several years ago, which is emotional intelligence. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, if somebody early on said, but no, golly, sir, you know, you don't have any IQ, but you got a ton of EQ. Yeah, you know, that's been a great thing from a confidence standpoint when I was 12 years old, right? Yeah. My sister on the other side has all the IQ in the family, like literally Val Victoria, and then she went to Harvard, then she went to Columbia, the whole thing, like the smart 1600 SAT, like you, you know, off the charts, right? Right. Not much EQ. I love her, right? But not much EQ, right? Total end of the spectrum. 
and um, and 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 people can't be judged one way their yeah. first twenty years, right? And um, and and knowing that, and knowing, uh, man, I love finding the guy or the gal like me, you know, that's been all over the corporate world, you know, and 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 it's kind of out there, but in a good way. And says, look, I think I'm going to be great selling real estate. And I'm like, I'm a th- I think you're going to be great selling real estate too. You know, you've got all these great attributes. You've been yes. in the wrong spot. You're, you got to marry your skill set with your job or your passion, right? And so many people just try to fit in a box. And, and all I'm trying to do is to tell people it's okay if you don't fit in that box. You just got to figure out what your, as you put it, what your super gift is, mm-hmm. and be able to work inside that environment where you can actually practice what you're really, really good at, right? It's yep. like a kid with ADD, right? They put all this medicine in them and everything else to calm the kid down, right? Well, don't take medicine. Be who you are. Let's just figure out a spot where you can do that, you know? That's right. That's right. Um, I'm, not, I'm not getting into, you know, using medicine or not medicine. Right, right, right. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to be who you are and I feel comfortable with who I am. You know what yes. I mean? And, um, and, and that's been helpful. Man, it's so beautiful. I was, I was interviewing on, on my personal podcast, uh, a guy who's a, a, an artist. He's, he's won, you know, all these awards. He's unbelievable uh, graphic artist. And he was th- the same sentiment. So it's just funny. You're here talking about leading a real estate company. He's an artist and he's basically saying no one ever told me uh, that being me was okay. And I had to find out on my own that I could actually not only be me, but I could make a living being me. And that was the light bulb for him. Perfect. How great is that? And you know, what's really cool. Just a side note. Um, my, my wife, that's been her story. So she had several jobs that she's always been talented always, but the job she kept getting put in, there was always some key component missing. And it would either, she would either quit because it just wasn't working or she'd actually got let go from two different jobs. And it was a big confidence hit. And I think Jordan actually, if I remember, was a big part of her saying like, you're not playing to your strengths. My wife is a people person and every job she got stuck behind had little to do with people. It had to do with numbers. It had to do with emails and all that stuff. And so she got into real estate and literally it was like the first thing that the light bulb went off and she came home in tears one day. It was like, I'm really good at this. And I was like, Come on. And she loves it. It's the best. I mean, literally right before you hopped on today, she texted me so excited that she just closed the deal. And I'm like, come on, this is amazing. So it wasn't about skill. It wasn't about uh, potential. It was about fit. And that's what it sounds like a lot of your message is, is can you find the fit? Because if you can find your fit, you have a really, probably a greater potential than you ever could have imagined. Yeah, but for, for folks that are listening to this podcast, you got to go out and find your fit. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not easy. I mean, you got to go and um, figure that shit out, man. Yes. You know, if I can cuss on your podcast. You can. You've got to figure it out because nobody's going to figure it out for you. They're going to try to put you in a, in a spot where, where they think that you should be. You know what I mean? And that yeah. might not be the right spot for you. Yes. Well, that's what we talk about a lot, man. There's an, there's an increasing amount of people in their 20s, which is crazy, in their 20s that are already feeling like they should have figured out or trying to figure out right now, like their ultimate fit and their ultimate purpose. I'm like, you don't have enough data. You don't have enough data. Like we have to look at the data of your life to see, to see some kind of trend and even a personality test. We love, I love a good personality test. 
it's still not going to tell me ultimately where you're going to crush it. it. It might help us make avoid some bad decisions, but you can't avoid the living of life and the making of decisions and learning from them that I think your 20s are for. I think yeah, it's yeah. about following your intuition, making the best guess possible, and then learning why did that go the way it went, right? Uh, and that's what you're talking about. I think it's brilliant. Um, man, so good, so good. Find your fit. So here's another question for me. Well, not for me, for you. I'm not asking, interviewing myself. You, so one of the reasons we were attracted to you, uh, so we, you know, when you got the email from us, uh, we weren't lying to you. We literally only uh, hand-selected uh, about a dozen founders that we emailed for this first season of the podcast. And so we had our own criteria of what we were looking for. Uh, and one of them was fast growing that, you know, as part of the podcast, people that want to know, like, not just how do I make a business, but what about a fast growing business? You obviously had that 758% growth just over the last three years. Not bad. But what really attracted us to you was your approach to your people, that the culture you were building really is so different. It wasn't just a real estate company that was technically making a lot of money. It was like, man, when I heard you hired a chief people officer and a chief motivation officer and that you had the client to staff ratio, you had to support your agents and you're playing towards their strengths. I was like, this guy is speaking our language. He's building not just a successful business, but a lifestyle and a place that people would want to be a part of. Uh, so tell me about that. Like, where did that come from? The chief people officer, chief mode? Like, how did that part of this equation come into being? You know, I, I really don't have any idea. That, you know, as you, guys, <laughs> as you guys know, there's no, there's no model to starting a business, you know, yeah. and um, I, uh, I was able to start this business just with gut. And um, I knew that I needed somebody to make sure that the people were happy and that the people's problems could be solved, right? And having a, a chief people officer, right, that's there for the people, be it staff, be it agents, and, and that also that's part of the culture, the culture creator as mm -hmm. well. Um, was highly, highly important with what we were trying to prove at Ansley and what we were trying to do. And, and um, that was my first really, really big hire. And this was a gal named Julie Harris, who uh, when, I, when I started as a real estate agent in 2009, my first day on the job, I walked into the marketing lady at the time and she introduced herself as Julie. And I said, hey, I'm Bono. And I need your help because um, I need you to help market me because I'm going to be the number one realtor this year in Atlanta. I think I was probably 29 years old. <laughs> um, and she kind of looked at me like, you, you mean this year? I'm like, yeah, this year. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, I'm going to crush it. You know, well, you know, do you know we're in a recession? And I said, yeah, I know all that. Let's go. You know, <laughs> she didn't bat an eye. And she said, all right, well, this is what you need to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I need you to do. And um, she essentially helped brand me with nothing. Like, I mean, we, we branded somebody that didn't have the, you know, credentials as a real estate agent at the time. And we brand, and we went for it, man. And um, before I was the number one realtor, I was the number one realtor. Mm. You know, I, that in my mindset, you know, and, and every year after that, we continued to have to change what, what I was doing. And she was always there doing that. You know, when I was a $50 million agent, like year three, I knew January one that I was going to be a hundred million dollar agent. I was going to go fifth. I was going to double, you know, 100% growth. So 
day one of that start, you have to be thinking like a hundred million dollar producer, mm. right? You have to build your business day one of where you want to go. So I tell agents that a lot. Well, so look, but now I want to double my business. Okay, cool. Well, you're not going to do that by sitting here yourself. You have to be thinking of and acting like who you production wise want to be. And, and, and that might be hiring a buyer's agent or a seller's agent or that assistant that you've been holding off for the mm. last five years to hire, right? You got to go ahead and get on the diving board and jump off, you know, and go for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and she was very instrumental to do that. So she was my first big hire. She left a company after being there for 19 years to go to a startup with me at Ansley Atlanta. Wow. And she was uncomfortable doing it, but she wanted to be in that curve with me. And she wanted to, you know, go on a uh, no regret life and try something new. And, 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 and I gave her not tasks, but I gave her responsibility, you know? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, Hey, you're going to do this, this, and this today. And you're going to report to me. It's look, here's your job. Make the people happy. Let's build a winning culture and let's talk in five years. Right. And you'll ask her that, you know, she does everything and more of anything I've asked and I've never given her one task. Wow. And that's the way that I do all of our executives, right? My chief motivating officer. Look, your goal here is to be coach. You know, you're coach to everybody here. Nobody's down. If anybody's a whiner or whatever, you got to, you know, figure that out, weed that out the whole nine yards. Again, yeah. no task, you know, everybody's got to be motivated and highly motivated and, and help mm. them with their action plans and their goals and set goals with them, you know, but I don't check in with him. Hey man, you know, did you, who'd you meet with this week? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Going so fired up, you know, no, you know, the proof is with our winning culture, nobody's leaving. We're growing like crazy. People are knocking at the door to come in. That's when you know that the executives that you have are up for the task. Yes. God, I'm imagining a Jerry Maguire scenario with uh, Renee Zellweger where you convince her to leave. She leaves with her little goldfish and she comes, follows you to the new, the new venture down the road. I love that. You know, one of the things that's interesting for me, um, we had, um, so a guy on our team, so our team's been growing as well. Uh, Jordan and I just um, officially created our company together. We were both solo practitioners as executive coaches uh, in the last year. And we have two guys that came to work for us. And one of them came from uh, a corporate accounting uh, world. And so he was used to the, the hourly pay, the uh, great pay, but you're working, you're working 70 hours a week for it. And you're, you're, you're almost awarded for busyness. So even if you're not actually doing anything productive, you're awarded for looking busy, right? And when he came for us, we were very similar of like, he's like, what do I do? I'm like, well, here's your responsibility. And if you need clarity on what it looks like to accomplish that, we can talk about it. But he kept thinking in that hourly mindset and that task-driven mindset. And he would even be like, yeah, I, I, it's okay. I, I was done yesterday at two and I didn't know what to do. And we're like, listen, dude, hourly, hourly pay is based off of warm body systems. Meaning, if it is only hourly pay only makes sense if you technically need a warm body there to produce something. Either the guard to sit at the guard gate or the person on the factory line who, if he's not there, is not making a product. I was like, we are not hiring you for that. We are hiring you for a result. 
And if you get that result done in two hours, great. If you get it done in 10 hours, that's up to you, right? And it was actually the biggest freedom, which it sounds like it was for your, for your people. There's a freedom in that to say, oh, you're giving me autonomy. You're giving me the autonomy to figure it out by being responsible to the result versus being responsible to some task list and time I clocked in and clocked out. Is that kind of it? Well, it, it, it is, but also I'm putting them in a position to really succeed, yes. right? Just like myself, knowing my limitations, right? I try to understand and, and ask them what their limitations are because I don't want them doing one thing that I'm paying for that they have a, that they're not good at or they don't want to do, right? So I want to make sure that what they're doing, they're jazzed up to do every single day, you know? And, um, and, 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 and just like Belichick, right? With the Patriots, right? Everybody does their task and they do it really, really, really well. And they've got, I don't know, he's probably the, the winningest, you know, yeah. you know, pro football coach, but, 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 but putting those people and putting our executives to do what they want to do and try to have them not do too many things that they don't want to do. They can be wildly successful. Um, and they, and, and they have been wildly successful. Yeah. Yeah, like having Tom Brady helps, but James White, they're the running back over there at New England. There's no way he has a career the way he does unless somebody like Belichick says, hey, you can just do this, and you're going to catch passes better than any running back in the NFL. And you're not going to run, you know, no handoffs, only pass catching. It is pretty powerful identifying that stuff uh, in, in those people. Were those um, conversations or things, and, and is that almost like how you relationship manage them and just continuing to talk to them about their role and making sure they're they're still satisfied finding their best fit etc 100 percent. i mean you know we, we we continually talk and i don't really ask them about their task or what they're doing i i say hey you still feeling like you're growing you know you still passionate about what you're doing those are more of my questions you know and um because I want people to grow, right? I want, I want, I want our, you know, my success is watching other people succeed, you know? And um, I've had the greatest joy transitioning from, and I'm still an agent, but transitioning from being agent focused to being company focused, right? Owning Ansley Atlanta and watching other people succeed, watching them, you know, be able to, you know, buy a bigger house, you know, because their family's, you know, growing or, you know, take that, you know, bigger trip to Disney World that they've never been able to take. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And people are doing that with, you know, the, the tools that we're giving them and, and, and they're succeeding. Man, it's just, it's, it's next yeah. level stuff, man. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Is, uh, that is amazing. And I love just that focus on, the personal growth at the individual is actually the thing that gave you the company growth. I think that's a powerful just insight for the type of business that you're in, but any for, for really anybody's business. Uh, is there any other kind of key uh, to, to your fast growth as a person or as a company uh, that maybe we haven't, haven't covered yet, haven't touched on yet? You know, I think grow and wants to scale. Um, you can't get burnt out doing it. And, you, and you, you know, everybody says, well, you got to have balance. Well, balance is pretty tough when you're starting out, you know, and, um, but you got to have the people in your life knowing what's about to come, 
you know, so everybody's in, everybody's kind of signing off to, Hey, look, this first year is going to be a bear, you know? Yeah. And, um, I need the kids support. I need the, you know, your partner, your wife, whoever support, um, to go ahead and try to do this dream. And then, and then things kind of slow down and, uh, yeah. you know, um, but, but, but you need buy-in from everybody, man, when you're going for it. And, mm. um, all oh, that communication is killer. Like, especially with your, your family, right? Uh, yeah. to be on the same page, we always say for a season, for a reason, Could, do you actually know the season you're in and the reason for it? And then can you communicate it? Because what I've found is that often when you get caught in that first year of kind of madman, you know, um, putting yourself out there working long hours and you never realize that season's over or that you need to transition to a new season. And so you just keep a recipe for burnout and your family starts losing grace for you. You know, that first year they're like, yeah, we know he's busy. He's trying to build something. We call it being pregnant. It's like you're pregnant. And when someone's pregnant, you give them extra grace, you give them extra time, you know, something miraculous is taking place. But if they were pregnant for five years, you'd be like, all right, this is getting annoying. <laughs> you know, we need you to be That's back like, to right. normal. Yeah, we need you to be back to fully capable again. Um, so I think it's huge that you did that for you, for you and your family. Uh, so they actually enjoy the result of your business versus um, bemoan it. You know, some people, their, their family secretly kind of are bitter at the business that uh, the, the wife or the husband have built because how much it takes them away or because of the person it turns them into when they come home, Right. Have you had to go through some of that learning curve or has that always pretty come natural? No, no. Look, I, I just, I just had my 19th wedding anniversary. We got married, you know, when we were 23 yes. years old, um, a couple of days ago. And, um, look, we, 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 we've been down a, a, a great journey together. And, um, she, she always has known that one of my dreams is to start, start a, a big business and, and, and run a business. And, um, you know, she's given me every capable, every, every, you know, She's given me, you know, all the green lights to do that. And um, that's really, really important, right? Because you don't want to build something great on, you know, the shoulders of, uh, and, and take something else down, you know what I mean? And um, we've been able to, uh, to balance that, which is, yeah. which is important when you start. Awesome. Well, I've got one question, and then we're going to let Jordan get us into the, uh, the lightning round of questions because we don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, but, again, what's interesting to me that's already stuck out with the interviews we've done is these really fast-growing companies have caught the secret that developing your people really matters, right? And not just HR, you know, a few uh, trainings here and there and a few skill developments, but like really understanding your people. The fact that you hired basically a full-time coach, which is what we do for organizations, to me just, it's, it seems to be the common theme. That as, as my people grow, my business grow. How did, again, back to the self-awareness thing, like when did you, when did you stumble on the importance of that? That, that people need that, that kind of coaching element and that if I lean into the personal development, we all win? Well, I think it might be, um, you know, when I was an agent in another company, nobody ever asked the agents, you know, anything about the business. Hey, we're going to change our website. What do you think about this? What, what kind of tools should we have on it? Hey, we're going to change the color of our signs. What do you guys think, right? highly important for people to feel like they're involved and part of something right and you know every decision that we make you know we 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 bring that decision out to our circle of excellence which is our top 
you know, 20% of our agents, right. That are doing the most volume and say, Hey guys, look, we need some input. We're thinking about changing signs or we're thinking about, you know, donating to this cause or, you know, Hey, what do you think about um, the website and, and, and our, and our new client management software, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, all these sort of things, we got to get buy-in, right? Because we want fans, right? Yeah. If we have raging fans that love our business that work for us, man, you got it made at that point, you know, and having everybody that's within Ansley feel like they own it, you know, and, 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 and that they're part of all the decisions, everybody on point and passionate about everything that we do. I love it. Brilliantly said. Yeah. Brilliantly said that buy-in the raving fans, man, it's, it's incredible how much your business can grow. Uh, when you're not reliant on your own marketing all the time, but the result of your investment in your people and then also obviously your customer actually becomes your advocate, becomes the person spreading your name and uh, your, your, your fame in a sense for you. So uh, man, it's brilliant. So many lessons here just to, for me to even recap before we get into the lightning round, the best fit is so cool. Your personal story of feeling like the traditional sense of judging a person's capabilities with the IQ uh, didn't work for you. And then somewhere along the way, you found another kind of genius, right? And I think that's so true for all of us. There's a genius in us somewhere. Maybe someone hasn't pointed it out or we haven't discovered it yet, but that that's a key to success. Your investment in your people, man, critical. The culture you create, critical. Uh, the first key hires, big, big one. You know, you, you identifying the first key people that help you take a vision and turn it to reality, uh, all of those things right now seem like a really cool part of the recipe for your success so far. And it feels so true to you. That's the other thing. It wasn't like you read it in a book and just artificially created some environment. It feels like a, a, a custom fit that like, this is the company you would love to run because it's the company you'd probably love to work for. Is that, is that fair? 100%. I mean, you know, I'm still an agent, right? And I wanted to, build a brand that I would love to work under. And that's, I've, I've, I've kept those yeah. two things very, very, um, you know, they're, they're not one in the same by any means. Mm. Right. And, um, that, that, that's exactly right. It's exactly what we did. Mm. That's awesome. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, let's, uh, let's get to this lightning round. We've got five questions for you. And, uh, so question number one, if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization, what would it be? I think that it would be um, finding ways to grow in the curves in your struggles. Yeah. You know, that's powerful. Yeah. Find ways to grow in the curves. Yeah. That was huge. I think, and uh, certainly captured uh, even in your own sharing about how to grow, what does growth look like? It actually happens in the curves. I think that's powerful. Um, number two, uh, just being completely honest, like what's your, what's your secret fear that keeps you up at night or what's that, that secret fear for you? Um, secret fear for me, um, is, um, hiring the wrong person, you know, haven't, haven't, haven't had that happen yet. Um, but, but, but hiring, you know, the wrong person that, um, that weighs down the organization. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like the real fear, isn't it? It's not even about hiring the wrong person. It's about what that effect, that down river effect could be spoiling the culture or something. It's a big deal. 
Uh, question number three, what are the dream results that you're driving towards every day? Well, uh, we are going to be the largest and sell the most homes in Georgia with the least amount of agents. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. And mm. also we're developing some incredible proprietary technology, um, that, uh, I mean, it's transformational. Really yeah, now, to, um, you know, how agents, you know, work within their business and, um, Technology can never replace the personal touch um, that realtors do, but it goes back to having realtors focus on what they do best. Yeah. And yes. this proprietary technology that we're doing lets realtors do what they do best and makes it so much more efficient. Um, mm. And we've, we've um, implemented um, a lot of it at Ansley over the last couple of months. And with my partner's company in Chicago at At Properties, um, we did a partnership with them to joint develop this great technology and share best practices from both companies. And, you know, um, this thing, this technology, unbelievable. Uh -oh. It's called Platform. Uh -oh. I know. I'm like, I'm teased. I'm like, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, well, it sounds, like, it sounds like the multi-stage rocket. So, you know, at the NASA, they have like stage one gets you out of the atmosphere and then like a, a, another module takes off. It sounds like this is the next stage of, of, uh, of, of entrepreneurship for you. Well, it is. And, and just like with everything that we've ever done, you've always got to be looking for the future and thinking one year, you know, out there in the future. And, um, and technology's obviously been able to disrupt and change many, many industries, right? In real estate. Yeah residential real estate's been humming along for a long time. And, um, you know, uh, what, what, what we've, what we're, what we're bringing out to our agents in Chicago and Atlanta is, is, is really, it's, it's fantastic. And I'm really, really excited about the, the more development of it. Yes. That's awesome. Um, I like that one. Question number four, what's the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business? And what about the worst? So question four is actually two questions. Uh, <laughs> snuck it in there. Best, snuck that in. Uh, I would say that the best advice um, is to is is just to be all in. You know what I mean? And be obsessed with what you're doing, and um, and be laser focused. Um, it's hard for me because I'm ADD and I've always got you know so many different balls and ideas in the air, and um, you know just being able to focus and get one thing right and get another thing right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. is, uh, is highly important when you start with something. Yeah. Um, worst, worst advice, man, I've been given a lot of bad advice and, um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, at the, at the end of the day, you know, you, 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 you just have to trust your own gut. Yeah. Your gut is, uh, is a really good indicator on, should you do something or not? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I love that. I'm happy if you share it and you share their name and address after this, we will send them uh, a hate package uh, right on their doorstep. We're happy to do yes. that. If that's who you need us to be. We can be that for you. Uh, yeah. We're, we're starting a side hustle called look at him now or look at her now. And so if you'll, <laughs> <laughs> if you'll tell us those people, we'll, we'll go and rub it in their face for you. You don't even have to do it yourself. <laughs> 
so uh, I got the fifth one here, man. Uh, this one's one of our favorite ones. If you could hop in a DeLorean and you go back, uh, back in time five, for five seconds and you shout one thing to yourself from the driver window, what would you go back? Uh, what time would you go back to and what would you say? So when would you go back and uh, what would you say? Oh, man. I wish I had this question beforehand so I could have thought about an easy answer out. Um, this is a this is, this is great, great question. Um, In fairness, we did email it to your assistant, so she yeah. did drop the ball on that one. <laughs> Just totally, totally. No, I've been going 100 miles an hour. Um, I'm messing with you. You know, um, actually, you know, sitting here with you guys today and kind of, you know, uh, talking through where I've been and the different paths and struggles and obstacles and you know what we're doing today um even if i could get in a delorean which would be really really cool i really wouldn't want to change one thing about anything um mm. and um you know shouting something you know that could change the course of somewhere i just don't think i'd say anything mm. interesting man you know that's when you're living a life well lived is what he wouldn't go back there. Because uh, you know, some people would. They'd go back and say, don't run off with the secretary or don't snort that line, right? <laughs> they, would, <laughs> they would have something like that. But um, that, that, that tells me something about your life. That's no, awesome. You, see, you know, you, you got to, well, I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. You've got to embrace the things that you've done wrong, right? And you've mm. got to embrace the, you know, you know, the, the things that you in your head might say, oh, I wish I hadn't said that or whatever the case may be, you know, and those all are a collection of who you are, you know, at, at, mm, this, yeah. at this day and time. So mm. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Bono, thank you so much for giving us your time, uh, your wisdom, more importantly, uh, and for investing in, in our city so much uh, with, with giving back to Choa, with all the unique things you guys have been doing around the city of Atlanta for so many generations. Uh, thank you so much. And also for creating a, a workplace that people love to work at. Um, we've been a part of a lot of places that aren't like that. And uh, so it's refreshing. Just because you can visit, build a business doesn't mean you should. Uh, and so you've built something that people really, really enjoy being a part of. And thank you for taking time to be on the show. You guys are awesome. I can't wait to uh, hear all the other podcasts uh, and interviews that you guys have done. This is going to be a super show, and um, I really appreciate being on. So thanks so much. Awesome. Yeah, Thank you, sir. Thank you. Okay, friends, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Head to 0to5000.com for exclusive tools to grow your business. That's Z-E-R-O-T-O-5000.com.